the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, it's time for Lawfare, a Lawfare update here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, Hanging in the balance, the crown jewels of America, our Constitution, the rule of law, our founding values, hanging in the balance, being stolen every day, diminished, tarnished, devastated by the far left. And we're here to point it out to you so we can hopefully fight back. Uh, Pro-America Report is about uh, giving you all the news uh, from a pro-America perspective, which is to say this perspective to build our nation. And so... um, let me drop a quick, quick footnote here. I won't talk to about the story until another day. Maybe I'll have him on. Jeff Clark, the very prominent, very successful Harvard graduate, uh, Georgetown School of Law graduate, uh, considered one of the smartest minds in the uh, George W. Bush Department of Justice, as well as in the Trump Justice Department. He just got a letter. You know, he's been engaged in this bar fight. The D.C. bar has tried to uh, damage him and uh, and they filed a bar complaint or they actually processed a bar complaint filed by Senator Dick Durbin, if you can believe it. A U.S. senator from Illinois is filing bar complaints against uh, senior officials in the government and it's being taken up by the D.C. bar. It's insane. It's insane. It's like it'd be like the Plumbers Association uh, taking up a complaint uh, from a, a senator, not because he has any knowledge on anything, but just because he wants to curry favor with us. Uh, somebody it's crazy but he got a letter from the trump administration from the trump camp uh, from the trump lawyers saying hey wait this guy's got privilege uh, he's, he's he's under a an oath uh to us he he cannot uh break his his um uh duty to his client which is president trump it's a big deal to get this letter it was a clarifying letter so that's good and my point here is he got that letter because he assessed that it would help him in his battle he believed that he was under an obligation. He had a duty to his client. And therefore, uh, Trump's lawyers said, yeah, we'll give that to you. And you got to fight back every way you can. And it, it was a, it, maybe it's a little thing. If you if but if you know lawyers, they don't like to do things uh, like this. They, they are tentative. Uh, good ones. They're conservative. Good ones are. And so that's a good instance of lawfare. Good for the Trump lawyers. Glad they did it. And good for Jeff Clark, uh, who's uh, become a friend of mine. I've, I've immense respect for him. So uh, but. What I wanted to report on today was uh, an exa- a, a, the um, one of the great attacks, lawfare attacks in the last uh, couple of uh, uh, maybe last decade was the one against General Mike Flynn. General Flynn was set up by FBI agents and asked particularly about a FARA filing, among other things. Right. And so the idea is Foreign Agents Registration Act. This is an act passed by Congress, signed by the president that says if you're going to be an agent for a foreign nation, you have to register. So we have it. We know now for decades, 
uh, since this law passed, which I, I think it's at least two decades ago, uh, it, it has been largely maneuvered around by the people with power and money. Because you don't have to register as a foreign agent if you don't do very specific things. But if you just kind of network and guide people and all that, you can get around it. And everybody from the Podesta brothers uh, to all of Bill Clinton's associates to, you know, Republican lobbyists, they all just find a way around the Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA. Well, one of the pressure points that they put on General Flynn was they said that as a consultant, he and it was his son at the time and a few others were consultants. He obviously had uh, international expertise and expertise from his his career as a general. And he was hired by all different kinds of people. And they said, you didn't register. And they said, your your son didn't register. And they said, blah, blah, blah. And they used FARA and enforced it against Mike Flynn, in a way that it really had never been done. At, at most, you you get someone says, well, what are you doing? And then you register. So comes now the law firm of Cravath, Swain, and more. There are law firms in this country. There's probably about a dozen, maybe two dozen, that are the largest in the country. They have massive operations. They make massive amounts of money. They always have big-time uh, lawyers in Washington, D.C., because that's where the money is. In this case, one of the partners at, at Cravath is a guy named John Beretta. And he worked on behalf of Burisma. Burisma is the uh, oil and gas company uh, that uh, is Ukrainian that Hunter Biden worked for on the board. And all of this happened. And Cravath and Swain never registered to under the Foreign Registration Act. You say, well, do they need to? Well, a few days ago, they did. In other words, they filed a few days ago. And why? Well, because they have the Biden administration in power and they're friendly, Democrat on Democrat. And so they know if they say, well, we maybe we should have filed, we'll we'll file this and they'll be left alone. And again, the crown jewel of this country is the rule of law. The crown jewel of this country is the Constitution and the crown jewel is our founding values. And one of the aspects of this is that justice, insofar as it's possible, must be evenly enforced, must be evenly sought. When you have a system, and it's always been true that if you have influence, if you have money, if you have, uh, if you're good looking, if you're charismatic, if you're able to persuade people, you may get a better deal than another guy next to you who doesn't know someone who isn't good looking, isn't capable, doesn't have money, whatever. I'm not saying our system is perfect. I'm saying that the rule of law and the Constitution set up a system that makes it more likely that you can protect yourself and that there is an even, you know, even um, pursuit of justice, the, the even enforcement of laws. And this is an example of how blatantly the powers that be will look the other way on this question of foreign register uh, for foreign agent registration. There are many people, most of them making big money in Washington that think this registration is silly. They think it's a game and they don't like it, but that's the law. And the fact is the law is not enforced against Hunter Biden and against his uh, uh, law firm for, for working with Burisma. It's not. And the fact is that you, you, now you have across the country, it's a little bit like in, in the Catholic Church, there is a doctrine uh, of, called scandal. The doctrine of scandal is causing scandal means that you cause confusion amongst the faithful. And so if you have a pastor of a, of a church and he or she, he, he, a pastor of a church, a Catholic church, or even a pope, and he confuses the faithful and cause a scandal. He might know what he means, and he might not be a going against the teaching of the church. 
But if he can cause a scandal, he is causing the faithful to be in danger of being malformed and be making bad judgments. The best example I can give is, let's say you have a, a rabidly pro-abortion Democrat. And I repeat myself, you cannot be a Democrat anymore and be pro-life. You used to be able to. Governor Casey of, of Pennsylvania, famous, the late Governor Casey, uh, Bob Casey, he was a pro-life Democrat his whole life. That's why he was not allowed to speak at the convention in 1996 uh, when uh, uh, Bill Clinton didn't want him to speak because you weren't allowed to do it. He wouldn't be allowed in the party now. The last the last pro-life Democrat in the U.S. House was a guy named Dan Lipinski. His father had been a pro-life Democrat. He's from Chicago area, and he faced a primary in 2020 from AOC endorsed candidate and Pelosi endorsed candidate. And he lost. So you cannot be a but now let's say you're the pastor of a church and you're a Catholic priest and you stand up and you say uh, this person, this candidate right here, Judy Dinglepop, I'm endorsing her. She is 100 percent pro-abortion. She believes government should pay for it and it should be allowed and it shouldn't be illegal and you should vote for her. That's causing scandal. That's causing scandal. And among the faithful in a community, you would be right to say, hey, wait a second. We cannot have a pastor who is causing scandal because there will be people that will make decisions that could cause them much worse than an inconvenience on your IRS forms. If you believe it, you don't have to believe it, but I do. If you choose against God and against his creation, there's a good chance, unless you can get right before you die, that you're going to hell. That's the teaching, and I believe it. And so, when you watch the uneven enforcement, the uneven consideration of justice, and you see that Hunter Biden and Cravath Swain are not going to find any scrutiny from not from failing to file uh, under FARA. But if you're Carter Page, if you're Mike Flynn, if you're Mike Flynn's son, if you're all everyone else, you're going to find we're going to come for you. And the selective enforcement of laws against, wait for it, political enemies is exactly what is completely foreign from America, our history, our crown jewels. And that the reality of this filing and this truth is that it is a betrayal of we the people. It is a betrayal of we the people. It is, it is something that is so damaging for our nation that we cannot allow it to stand. And we should not allow it to be acceptable. And we should not say it's okay. We should not say, oh, well, the FAR laws are dumb and it's uh, hard to enforce it. No, this is a clear example of one set of people getting a break and the other people getting punished. And, and the people that are punished for their political positions are people who are political prisoners then. And that gets me to what is simply true. There's political prisoners in America and they're January 6th prisoners. That's the facts. You can say, well, so-and-so is in jail. He you know, pushed a cop or he has a history of violence. Or I, but for the corruption of January 6th, that guy wouldn't be in jail. And why is he in jail? Because of Trump's positions and hatred for Trump's positions and his politics. And that are, those are political prisoners. And that's the fruit of things like not enforcing Farah against uh, uh, Biden, Hunter Biden and his law firm, and, but doing it against uh, uh, Mike Flynn and others. It's the fruit. It's broken. They're stealing the crown jewels. They're stealing the crown jewels. We got to take a break. Ed Martin, Pro America Report, back in a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And uh, we have an opportunity uh, again to catch up with our friend uh, Nan Su. And he is uh, a investigative, senior investigative reporter um, over at the Epic Times. And uh, we, we've had such success, uh, the Epic Times has, at identifying key issues that are going on, especially when it comes to China. And the, uh, the, there's a documentary, The Final War. War, uh, that is Epic Times documentary. It's extraordinary on China. Uh, it's the EpicTimes.com is their website. Welcome back. How are you? Uh, pretty good, Ed. Thank you for having me on your program again. So, you're welcome. So a couple things. Over the last month or so, we have seen that the communist Chinese regime has been uh, focusing on the Philippines. And there have been incidents in the Philippines uh, between the uh, Chinese and the Philippine Filipinos. Um, what's the status here? What's going on here? Well, the Chinese communist regime doesn't like the way the Filipino government has been doing in the past year. So it's very simple. A Philippine allowed U.S. military to reopen four military bases uh, in Philippines uh, in uh, in last year. Now, the northern end of the Philippines was less than uh, 100 miles uh, from Taiwan. And, and also, uh, the southern end of the Japan also was less than 100 miles uh, from the northern mm-hmm. end of Taiwan. And keep in mind, Taiwan Street, it's about, you know, uh, somewhere between 100 to uh, 250 miles in width. So, you know, the U.S. government, uh, it's strengthened its capacity from north, both north and south uh, side of Taiwan to give some support uh, of uh uh, Taiwan's military if China is going to invade Taiwan. So uh Chinese regime is not happy about that. So they in the uh in the last uh couple of years, especially last ten months, they have been uh uh conducting very proactive behavior against the Philippines. Is the, the the Philippine? I mean, the Philippine nation has for decades and decades been very close to America, um, and they had you know the United States with bases there, and uh, and uh, is that in some parts of the world the the communist Chinese have over time used local politics and local financial support to change the perception? Is the Philippines still sort of staunchly pro America, or is it a battle? Well, in the last couple of years, yes, it's been like a, uh, they have been like a swinging that kind of situation. Uh-huh. Uh, they they want some uh, financial uh, support from Chinese government in the past, but uh, in the past the couple of years has been uh, they have been changing a lot. And you know, uh, most of the nations around South China Sea. Uh, all those Southeast Asian nations, they really concerning about China's global expansion, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the region in the South, uh, Southeast Asia around South China Sea. So that it's, uh, that, that's just the behavior. And, uh, now especially this year, a few months ago, I believe that was, uh, in August, uh, it's either July mm-hmm. or August, China, a Chinese government released this, its new uh, national map, uh, which uh, which uh, resulted in uh, eight different countries around China 
uh, protest. You have India, Malaysia, Indonesia, Brunei, uh, Vietnam, Philippines, Japan, and Taiwan. All of them protest because China basically stick its hands. Chinese government stick its hand to everybody's pocket. Oh. Um, again, we're, we're uh, talking with Anand Su, senior investigative reporter at the Epic Times, theepictimes.com. I'll put that up there. And again, the great documentary called The Final War uh, to check out. Um, the uh, uh, Taiwan will be having elections in just a, a few weeks, uh, 10 days or so, right? I think they'll be – and uh, na- nations like the Philippines and others must be looking at, at – and well, the world is, of course. But wh- wh- how does that – how is that election going to uh, affect things? What, what's your sense and, and, and what, are you, um, uh, what, are you, what are you seeing and hearing from people? Well, the uh, the uh, the pro independence party, that uh, uh, democratic progressive party, right now, it's uh, it's leading the candidate uh, in the poll. Uh, in the past, the, the Chinese uh, communist regime during all the election in the past uh, Taiwan's election, they have been either conducted military uh, uh, threat or missile threat. Now, uh, these, but in the past, they was not very effective. So this year, they changed a little bit. Uh, the way they their behavior, uh, except they they kind of turn a little soft. But however, Communist Xi Jinping uh, made a New Year speech and re-emphasize uh, the unification uh, of China and Taiwan. And they also uh, in the past months. They they, uh, they they still sending the military uh, airplanes pro- approaching Taiwan in a daily basis, but you know in the net less number, you know the number mm-hmm. is going down a little bit. It, instead, they have been sending balloons. Uh, in the past months, they sent a total seventeen balloons to Taiwan on mm. January the second. One day, they sent a. F- Four air balloons flying above, above Taiwan. Basically, it's to remind the people, hey, you know, we are there. You know, we are watching you, and then we can do all this, uh, and U.S. government can do nothing to help you. Hmm. Uh, again, our guest is uh, Nan Su, uh, who's a senior investigative reporter over the Epic Times, uh, particularly focused on the Chinese, uh, uh, the communist regime, and the politics. And uh, it, so. In in that in that part of the world, it's I think it's hard for Americans to realize in that part of the world, the, the fear of the communist Chinese is palpable and 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 their expansion uh, ideas of expansion. Do does do that? Do they look over at America and say to themselves, "The Secretary of Defense disappeared for four days. The President of the United States didn't know it. Um, they can't come up with a meaningful uh, strategy on Ukraine or Israel in America right now in terms of how to talk about it." I mean, it must make people in that part of the world think, "Boy, um, America might not have our back." Uh well I think uh uh the uh the countries around China they all uh, uh taking initiative to uh strengthening up their uh, relations with U.S. government or get more help from U.S. government uh. Japan's uh, uh, military budget from last year to this, uh, from 2022 to 2023, jumped 26.3%, uh, while Taiwan jumped 13.9%. Uh, so they are 
um, they are pretty proactive to to trying to collaborate with U.S. government. So I, I think our congressional leaders should add uh, uh, more uh, pro proactively to to help our government to give more help to Taiwan as well as like Japan, Philippines, South Korea. Does the um does the you know I I recently had a guest on and I was surprised a psychiatrist and and she jumped on the uh, idea of TikTok and she said it's a psychiatrist she said TikTok is bad not only because it's bad for the kids brains and all but because the communist Chinese uh, run it and. Uh, you know, Nansu, the Epic Times, where you're an investigative reporter, um, last five or six years, you've done an extraordinary job of of growing, I think, um, America's understanding of what the communist regime is doing. Is that is that noticed in the world? Uh, yeah, TikTok's uh, uh, Chinese government using TikTok to infiltrate into the U.S. soil as well as the you know the entire Western world. It's been mentioned a lot, and then there's a lot of investigation results coming out. Uh, it's uh, you know, especially the young generations. So uh, it it's it it's really really uh, uh, in the long run, it's going to uh, impact uh, uh, the security status uh, of the U.S. government as well as uh, the Western world. Hmm. All right. Well, listen, uh, Nansu, thank you for uh, being out there and being with us. Uh, again, Nansu, a senior investigative reporter for the Epic Times. TheEpicTimes.com is the website, uh, and you can read his writings there. And again, I encourage people, the Epic Times has a documentary called The Final War uh, on uh, the uh, the Chinese communists and what's going on. So thank you, sir, for your time. And uh, we will put links up on social media. But we're up against a break. I've got to run. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. I've been interested and, and excited to talk to our next guest. He's been on the program a number of times. Tony Lyons, who is a, a, a he's a businessman. He's a, an attorney for uh, almost uh, 20 years now. He's run Skyhorse Publishing, which in and of itself was, uh, you know, going to get you a lot of attention. He's published all, everybody from like Woody Allen when they canceled him before anyone really understood that you could stand up to the cancelers. Uh, I think he published Woody Allen, RFK Jr., all different kinds of people people at Skyhorse Publishing. And recently the news broke that he bought Regnery uh, Publishing, the division of Salem uh, that had for I'm almost 100 years, I think it's 80 something years, been uh, the leading conservative publisher and, and still is, has under its imprint. Well, welcome, Tony Lyons. I have to tell you the best story on that is I was telling John Schlafly, who um, the, a choice, not an echo, the republication of that a few years ago was Regnery. And uh, so the Schlafly's and Phyllis have a longstanding relationship with Regnery. And uh, and John Schlafly said he thought that's a good purchase. Tony Lyons, a good guy to buy it because of all the people right now in in uh, publishing, he looks like he knows how to sell books, <laughs> which is a great indication. So welcome, Tony Lyons. How are you? Yeah, thanks so much. It was great. So, all right. Now, the, the topic, though, for us to talk, well, first of all, Regnery, uh, that's a big deal. I mean, for a lot of people, that's the uh, uh, brand for conservative books. And and although I, I like the guys that have been there, they've been within the Salem family. I got nothing to complain about. They have been quieter. They just have been quieter. Is that? Is, are you expecting it can be a bigger voice? 
Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a quiet guy and I, <laughs> I you know, and I'm, and I, and I'm not looking to have Regnery, you know, uh, be less vocal. You know, I really want to work hard to get those messages out. I think we've got a, some really spectacular books coming out this year and uh, I'm excited to, to own the company and to publicize these books and to get the authors on all kinds of shows. Good deal. All right, Tony Lines. But the real reason I wanted to talk to you was we're heading into this primary season now. We're in 2024. RFK Jr., who you published some of his books, that's one thing. Uh, but you're also the f- co-founder of a super PAC, American Values 2024. We've talked about this before. It, it's uh, supporting the, the super PAC. It's not affiliated with, can't be formally affiliated with, but supporting RFK Jr. as he runs in his ind- independent for president. That's all interesting. We'll cover that. Except what's even more interesting is YouTube is now taking down video videos about rfk jr's run uh, you know if you believe in the uniparty if you believe in the in the in the regime uh, that can you know controlling both parties this is an indication but tell us about the details of this yeah so the idea that that youtube or any other big tech platform is going to start taking down you know political views that they disagree with you know and you know try to silence national candidates for president who are polling at, you know, Bobby Kennedy's polling at something like 24% in a, in a recent poll, which equates to 35 to 40 million people. So, you know, that's really disenfranchising a lot of people and setting back voting rights for a generation. And the same kind of thing is happening with Donald Trump, where they're trying to take him off the ballot. So, and, and Bobby Kennedy was great about that. He came right out and he said, in America, you know, we're supposed to be able to make our decisions based on, you know, seeing people stand up on a stage and disagree with each other, make the best case for their views, for their policies, and have the American people decide. And, you know, what the DNC seems to be doing in all kinds of ways is trying to stifle democracy at the same time that they're going around saying that they they have to stop somebody like Trump because he's a threat to democracy. So there's an incredible irony there that when it comes to Bobby Kennedy, they have denied him Secret Service protection three times, totally political. He qualifies, you know, just obviously, you know, on the basic facts. And there's never been anybody in a similar situation in the history of the country uh, that didn't get protection. Uh, I mean, this law has been in place for about 60 years based on uh, what 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 happened to his father and to his uncle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the last 60 years, nobody's been denied protection. So the Biden administration is denying him protection as a political tactic. And they're trying to keep people off the ballot. They're hiring big law firms to to contest ballot access. They're, you know, uh, encouraging people from all that I can see to vilify Bobby Kennedy Donald Trump to, you know, uh, deplatform them in every way that they can. So I think that Americans should be, you know, shocked and they should be, you know, just dismayed at these developments, that those kinds of things can't happen in this country. Uh, Tony Lyons is our guest, and and uh, he is, uh, among other things, is a publisher of Skyhorse Publishing, which includes now Regnery uh, and is the f- co-founder of American Values 2024 Super PAC that's out there communicating about uh, RFK Jr.'s campaign presidency over on Twitter at American at AmValues 2024 and AV24.org. I'll put those links up on social media. Uh, I do want to say that there's, a, a, you know, R- RFK Jr., for a lot of us, he got more even he was famous because he was a Kennedy. He 
got really famous because of the books that he published. And his newest one is the Wuhan cover up. Uh, and and um, it's extraordinary that the people all the time I read, I meet people and they say, I read Bobby Kennedy on the real Fauci. I think there was one that was uh, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, back for a second to what you just said, though, Tony Lyons, you, you know, again, you're a communicator. You're a publisher. You take messages and put them out and say, is there a market for people to hear this message? If there is, they'll buy your books. If there's not, they won't. And you have to feel that. When you look out across this country and you see the government is is deciding who gets to even put their voice into the marketplace. I mean, this is I mean, this isn't like a, a, a bit of a debate. This is a five alarm fire. Yeah, I mean, these are the kinds of things that happen in third world countries, in China, in Russia. You know, they're not supposed to happen in this country. And, you know, we saw it with. Bobby Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, when that first came out, that, you know, there were no reviews in any major newspapers, bookstores didn't carry it, libraries didn't carry it, uh, you know, we could not place ads on any big tech platform, the New York Times denied us a full page ad, um, so they sort of like weaponized the concept of misinformation uh, to the extent that it was just anything that the government or that you know these big companies disagreed with, or big pharmaceutical companies disagreed with. So you know there has to be room for dialogue and debate um, if we want to consider ourselves to be a democracy or a constitutional republic. We have to allow you know real dialogue, and that isn't happening now. And it's not happening with books, but it's also not happening with politics. And I think. You know, one of the things that the super PAC is doing is we're fighting for a fair election. And I think the public should be outraged at the things that have happened to Donald Trump and the things that are happening, you know, right now with Bobby Kennedy. And, you know, it can't be a crime to tell the truth. It can't be, you know, disqualifying you if you make an argument that is unpopular. The American right, public right. has a right to hear these views and to decide for themselves what they like, what they want to vote for, and who they think is really going to represent them. Uh, Tony Lyons, again, is our guest, uh, publisher of Skyhorse Publishing and now Regnery Publishing and also uh, the co-founder of American Values 2024 a Super PAC that's helping support RFK Jr. Does um, Do you have any sense when people say things like, oh, RFK Jr. running as an independent only helps Trump or only helps Biden? Do you, do you have any real sense, a, a, a gut reaction to that? Or maybe how do you answer people on that? I, I have told people I'm not sure who it helps and hurts. It feels like it hurts Biden more to me because I think a lot of sane Democrats want something sane to vote for. But I don't know. Uh, how do you respond to that? So the main thing is what happens on the state by state level. I mean, in the national polls, you know, most of them show that it's pretty even that Bobby is pulling, you know, the same percentages from both Trump and Biden. But he's also doing something else. And that is that there were two or three stories that came out that analyzed recent polls. And they said that Bobby is energizing people who didn't vote in 2016 or in 2020 hmm. because they didn't feel that they were really represented. And they feel that Bobby Kennedy is somebody who has integrity, who's honest, you know, who they really can believe in, that he's authentic. And so even if they disagree with him on a particular issue, they want to have a politician who they can trust. And I think that if you look at the recent polling on, you know, general trust of Congress, of the president, of the media, just historic lows. 
Yeah, it's uh, I think you're right. I think that's exactly right. Authenticity right now trumps anything, everything. And and I think and, and the better point that you make about the politics of it is forget about what you what a national poll says on anything. You know, talk about the eight swing states and, and frankly, talk about the 30 or so swing counties that will have uh, where, you know, you, you can see a difference. All right, Tony Lyons, you got a lot on your plate in 2024. A lot of authors that are getting their voices heard and a lot of politics. I, I think I underscore most um, energetically your idea that we got to have a fair, free and fair election, no matter who you like. Uh, free and fair elections. So thanks, Tony Lyons, and we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, Tony Lyons, everybody, Skyhorse Publishing, and a whole lot more. We will take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Colleges used to have a male-female ratio of about 60-40, and suddenly we've discovered it's close to 40-60. Men don't like this change, women don't like it, and colleges don't like it. One cause for this dramatic shift is that colleges perceive applications by women to be better than those submitted by men. But why is it that women knock at the college admissions office with higher high school grade point averages, better essays, and even a bigger variety of extracurricular activities than men? Why do fewer boys show significant interest in academic achievement? The Wall Street Journal calls this the boy mystery and that nobody has solved it. We should respond with the famous line attributed to Sherlock Holmes, It's elementary, my dear Watson. The causes originate back in elementary schools, which are ruled by females and dominated by feminists, who make school unpleasant for boys from the get-go. Only 10% of elementary school teachers are men, giving boys the distinct impression that school is not for them. Elementary school teachers used to understand that boys will be boys. Five- and six-year-old boys are not as able or willing as little girls to sit quietly at a desk and do neat work with pencil and paper. Teachers now look upon boys as just unruly girls. Feminists are hostile to males and to masculine traits, such as competitiveness and aggressiveness, and instead reward typical female behaviors, such as non-assertiveness and group cooperation. Teachers cannot make gender go away by pretending that boys do not have an innate masculinity or by trying to suppress it with ridiculous zero-tolerance punishments, banning sports such as dodgeball and tag, and allowing only playground games without winners. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Very interesting topic uh, to discuss 
as we uh, wrap things up. And that topic is uh, the arguments that are happening in the Court of Appeals right now and probably to the Supreme Court uh, on the question of presidential immunity. So it has long been held that a president may not be uh, sued uh, during office, may not be charged during office, uh, especially, well, let's say it better. There's immunity civilly for a president for what he does. In other words, you can't um, sue a president for some a, a civil cause of action. Um, and that he is immune then out of office for things that he did when he was in office. In other words, you can't have a president get sued for uh, um, some action that he took and be held liable by a fellow citizen. And so the immunities existed. The question that before the courts right now is on criminal uh, liability, and and it has not been tested before. So it, you can say, well, it's clearly established that there is civil immunity, but uh, for the president, presidential immunity, but that hasn't been tested on criminal. And the question is, is it different? And here's the thing, as always, as, not always, as often happens, as often is the case, President Trump clarifies with one uh, post on the truth social platform, the very heart of the matter, because he says, look, I did I did what I was doing while I was president. You can't criminalize the conduct of the president of the United States. You just can't do it because he won't be able to do anything. It, the system will break down. But then what he says is, if this is what you guys want, well, then Joe Biden's going to be charged, right? Joe Biden has a problem at the border. He's ignored the border crisis, fentanyl, the ongoing crisis. And he says, so I guess, you know, we're going to charge me, going to charge him. And the real unstated, I wouldn't say threat, but the unstated description of reality by Trump is, is if this is what you want, you end up with a system that is just basically uh, whoever gets into power throws the other one in jail. And again, our system, America, our crown jewel is the is the rule of law. It's the uh, it's the Constitution and it's the founding values that understand how these things work and how human nature works, that you cannot ask someone to be the top level executive, the person in charge and have them always looking over his shoulder. There is a solution for wrongdoing by a president, and it's called impeachment. And, and if you're impeached. You could be barred from serving again, but it can't be that you're looking over your shoulder. The The founders of this country miraculously, and I believe it was miraculous. I believe it was divinely inspired. They, they were able to, to utilize an, an understanding. They say it better. They had an understanding of the psychology of men, of men and women and of people and how they operate together. You know, how they work in a, in a setting as a society and otherwise. And so when they put in place this idea that, you know, you're going to be the president, you're going to be in a position where you're going to have to have the ability to not be looking over your shoulder, not be worried about everything, that it's going to hold you back, that it's going to be just whoever gets power next indicts the next guy and back and forth and back and forth. Instead, it's going to be this idea of uh, of of immunity that's going to be expressed for the time you're in office. And that's what that's what the question is. And this this uh, this week in uh, Washington, there's uh, arguments at the Court of Appeals because at the at the um, at the lower court, uh, when Trump said, you know, I'm immune from these charges in this in the uh, in this case, the judge denied that, but then said, yes, you're allowed to appeal. And so he's up on appeal. And so that's what they're looking at. And again, Trump cuts through it. Are you really going to have it be 
that uh, each president is going to have to what charge the next president. Each president is going to have to give a pardon each each of his predecessors. Is that the deal? You come into office and you say, I pardon you, or, you know, uh, or on the way out the door, you pardon yourself. That's the other way it could be done. Yeah. Every time you're leaving, you have to sign. It has to be that there's immunity. It has to be. It has to be that there's immunity for the people, for the pe- men and women. There hasn't been a woman yet, but that will be serving as president of the United States. That system, otherwise, the system breaks down. Now, will the D.C. Court of Appeals have the courage to do the right thing on this? No. No, there's a bunch of liberal-leaning judges that were appointed. They will definitely not do that. They will definitely not be doing that. They will be they will be um, caving in to the pressure of their appointments. They're, 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 the panel that's hearing Trump's arguments right now is uh, two Biden-appointed judges and one, I think, Trump-appointed or could have been George W. Bush. But So they're, they're not going to do the right thing on this. But it's going to have to go up on appeal. It's going to have to go up on appeal, and it's going to be, uh, therefore— um, uh, you know, um, handled by the Court of Appeals. And ultimately, as John Schlafly was just saying to me, it's definitely a, the uh, a, a court of uh, first impression. A, a, I mean, excuse me, it's a it's a case of first impression, and therefore it will be a ripe uh, uh, for the Supreme Court to take it up. And they, you can expect the Supreme Court to take it up. How fast? Different question. And will the lower court... Judge Chutkin, will she say, you know what, I, I stayed things so you could appeal it, but I don't have to let it be a, a, a stay it forever. Let's just go do this case. Let's do this trial while you're appealing things. I think that's what she wants to do. We'll see if she'll ha- if she has the chutzpah to do that. So um, uh, one to watch. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. As always, thank you to Noah. Uh, Noah. Wow, that's funny. And I was going to say Noah Dingley, my old producer. Thank you to Ryan Height for our producing produ- producing the program, staying on top of these things. Mason Mohan, uh, associate producing, and all of you for listening. Don't forget visit proamericareport.com. Sign up there uh, for my long form writing and visit phyllisschlafly.com. You'll find both the sign up for our daily email, the wink as well as you can track the John and Andy Schlafly columns and uh, all the other things that are present on the uh, com website. I just was reviewing a column that Phyllis wrote in 1992 before Bill Clinton was elected describing what Bill Clinton hoped to do and how problematic it was. Uh, to say she was prescient is uh, an understatement. She was really amazing at seeing what things really uh, meant and what was happening. So... That's all I've got. We'll talk tomorrow with Ted Martin, Pro America Report. Talk to you later. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.